Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But right now, let's talk a little bit about another big announcement that came uh, out this week. Because for the first time in over a decade now, we are uh, seeing an overhaul of social services in both the welfare and disability coverage. And right now in Ontario, there are over a million people uh, getting either one or both of the services at a cost of about $10 billion a year. So it's an enormous cost that doesn't ever seem to go down. So the Ford government is taking the approach of creating a social service that allows those in the system to work, earn more money without as many clawbacks with the ultimate goal of getting folks off the system and out of the cycle of poverty. So what's different about this plan than past plans? I know some critics are now saying that this is a war on the poor, but is it? Let's ask someone whose expertise is in this particular area of dealing with those who are most vulnerable. Victor Willis is the executive director of PARC, which is a drop-in center uh, dealing with issues of social services, and he joins us now. Victor, what would you give as a grade to this uh, you know, particular overhaul to social services? Um, and I'll, let me provide a context. I'll give it a C, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why. Um, it, it's not a D. It doesn't fail, it, but it doesn't actually do uh, the things that we've been waiting to be done for years. And so there are some good points and there's some bad points, and I'm happy to discuss them. It's a C. Okay. So take me through, because this issue, I think, is complex for a lot of people, because there's different categories, there's different (laughs) jurisdictions, it's provincial, it's federal. But take me through the good of what you like with this. Okay. So uh, obviously, um, providing people the opportunity to earn more income is a good thing, even though you might think, well, wait a minute, they're getting income from the taxpayer, why would they get more income? Uh, But, uh, and this is where my but comes in, is that unless we're going to talk about the cost of renting anything uh, to live in, in most of the uh, urban centers of Toronto, but certainly in the Golden Horseshoe, we need the ability for people to earn some money to make up the gap that the shelter allowance, and this is sort of the, this is where it gets complicated. It's like, I'm giving somebody welfare. What do you mean there's a shelter allowance? But in fact, there's personal needs and then there's shelter. We give people right now $390 on welfare to find a place to rent. I don't know about your listeners, but I'm pretty sure that nobody can rent anything for 390 bucks in Ontario. Well, not in this planet. Well, so, so if you accept that the fact that that piece that is for shelter is um, not appropriate, then it's like, yeah, let the person earn some more money because they're going to be spending it on rent. <clears throat> so that's a good thing. The other part that I think that, that is important about this is the understanding that uh, somebody who lives in this province um, doesn't walk around with a menu of, oh, yeah, no, this is an issue that i got to walk in the door for mental health for, or no, i got to walk in the door for income security, or no, that's the door for housing. The rest of us, uh, you know, all of us are just, you know, whole people, and we have a variety of needs. The way that this starts to look at uh, accomplishing something that the last government 
thought about, but this government is saying they're going to do something about, is that Ontarians are whole people and they don't walk through different doors and have to jump through different hoops. They, need, they just need to be, um, have a good, decent care and they need to have clear rules and they, not, they need not to be sort of chopped into little pieces. So that's a good thing. Okay, because the whole purpose of this, I mean, there was a few purposes of this. It was more to streamline it because I think one of the problems, uh, you know, has been too much bureaucracy. Yeah. So the help doesn't get where it's needed because it's chewed up by, well, bureaucrats. Well, you know, and, and that's, the, in fact, the thing that they're trying to do, and, th- and this is where, you know, I'll give the government its due. Over the last 25 years, various people have added new rules and regulations. These are all well-meaning people all trying to do the right thing, save the public purse, or do something else. And there are 800 and some odd regulations for people who are trying to actually just live their lives. And if they're down on their luck, they lost a job, they've run out of their EI, and they're terribly embarrassed, but they need to go and get welfare. There shouldn't be 800 regulations for them to keep in mind. So that's just stupid. So um, you know, this is a very important and laudable piece that they're trying to do, which is, uh, you know, try to cut through all of that stuff and say, listen, you know, here's somebody who needs some help. How do we get them help in the, in the simplest way possible? Okay. And so what don't you like? Where do you see? Because the criticism from, from those on the left will say that this is a war on the poor. I'm not sure it goes that far. I mean, well, that's fairly draconian. But where don't, where's the vulnerability here? And, and the thing is, you know, and I know some of those people who would say that, that the, the, the real challenge about, about this is that I don't think that there's an intentional war on the poor. But I think that just like those reg- rules and regulations, that over time, I just know what I see. I run a drop-in center for people who are down on, on their luck. We prov- we're open seven days a week, 365, providing meals and often engaged in people's intimate details about their finances. And they can't find a place to live. They can't find work. And they um, have other health issues that they're struggling with. So the right. problem with this is that um, the, is the piece that I actually talked about, that you can't have a social assistance system mm-hmm. to help people out that um, basically winks and said, here, go find a place for $390. Or if you're on disability, and this is the piece that really bugs me, is that I, like, I had a mother who heard things. I've got a son with a disability. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that, in fact, they say, they look you straight in the eye and say, here's your check. Go find a place to, to rent. Even with a disability, we're going to give you just under four, $500 to find a place to rent. Like it's just, that's, if, if you're, if the people who are supposed to be in your, who care about you, so if this is a compassionate piece, they're, they're going to care about you. They can't possibly tell you, go find a place to rent for 500 bucks. So in other words, you have to have the affordable housing uh, to make plans like this work. But, you know, you can't get the affordable housing if the federal government doesn't get off its uh, proverbial rear end and actually do it. Because we've, we hear a lot of talk. We see the ribbon cuttings. It just never gets done. And in my 24 years of reporting, I've heard a lot about it. I certainly haven't seen it. Well, I mean, and in fact, uh, in 24 years, I'm glad you actually gave that number because it was about 24 years ago that the federal government got out of housing and in fact, uh, and then didn't do much over the next 24 years. And mm-hmm. it, it shouldn't be a surprise that in fact, when I, when I go home tonight, I'm going to be passing people who are living on, you know, street grates. Right. Like that's the current context, right? But, 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 you know, and absolutely the, the federal government needs to provide funding for these. The province then needs to say, yeah. here's how we're going to do it. And then the city needs to get out of the way yeah. when people say, I'm going to build some housing, the city needs to get out of the way. And, and for, 
everybody, we could say, yeah, that's how it should work, and currently it's not. So what we've got is absolutely the affordable housing piece. But because you can't build housing, and I mean, you know, you're, you're, you know, the GTA, you don't build housing in a year yeah, or even two years. It, you know, you're lucky if you can get it done in three to five. So what do we do in the meantime? So yes, affordable housing is the piece, but unless you're giving people um, the means to be able to actually find a dwelling place, then we're actually saying it's okay for somebody on welfare to basically uh, be in a shelter or on the streets or in some place that's probably not licensed, might be an illegal rooming house, might catch fire. That's not the, I mean, if I'm going to say that this is, if if I'm going to take the government at face value and they say we're going to be compassionate, then they can't put people at risk because that's not a compassionate thing to do. So it almost sounds like, you know, you can't really reform any of this unless the provincial government and the federal government do it together hand in hand, because really you're just putting Band-Aids all over the place. And that's not a bad way to put it. I mean, the, the, the piece that's missing here is, yes, we need to build housing. And yes, in the meantime, um, we need to pay for housing in whatever form that is. And, the, and listen, <clears throat> the market is dictating the cost of housing. And quite frankly, that market is, I don't know if you've tried to rent a place recently in Toronto. Well, luckily, I don't have to anymore. But yeah, I mean, but, I, know, I remember how expensive but, it was. But, but, you know, anybody yeah. that you work with or yeah. know, you know, yeah. you know yes. that, that that market is crazy. Yes. And the kind of, I, I'm astounded at the kind of, of rents that people are having to pay. So then we get down to people with disabilities. So what are we saying to them? We, you know, you're somebody with a disability. We should probably be taking care of you. And, and what are we saying? Go live in some place that might be kind of uh, bad for your mental health. Might not actually help you if you've got a physical disability. Might not be a, uh, have all of the AODA requirements. Like, this is what we're telling to Ontarians. That, that is not the Ontario that I want to live in, right? Yeah, and so there's other struggles, and you bring up the mental illness part of it, and we don't have a mental health strategy in this country, let alone the province of Ontario. And Ford has talked about getting a comprehensive mental illness you know, program going, but part of the changes to this current um, you know, social programming is, the, is, the, um, is mental health and, and making sure that those with development issues get money. But not everyone's going to qualify because we don't have a strategy. Well, there's two. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned the strategy because I spent three years with the previous government. I'm a little pissed off about this. <clears throat> three years of the previous government um, sitting on their mental health strategy yeah. with the goal of seeing uh, improvements to, to A, my, my family members, mm-hmm. but also to the people that I uh, am in service to every day here at work. And that's the piece that I find quite unfortunate is that, you know, lots of work done a lot of people trying to do very heavy lifting, dealing with all of the bureaucracy, dealing with the issues about, you know, if you're in Thunder Bay or if you're a part of uh, one of the indigenous populations and you think about the issues they're dealing with, that's a little different than the issues that we're dealing with here in downtown Toronto and or if you're a newcomer. So, you know, different different um, aspects of, uh, you know, mental health, yeah. but, but the, the things that cause really poor mental health and I'm a strong believer that, that even if you have a major diagnosis with the right, with the right supports, you can recover, right? I actually, I strongly believe this. I've seen it. But you actually have to have a lot in place. And that, to me, is really where we're trying to go. We want to see Ontarians, even if they had a label and a diagnosis that years ago told them you're never going to be able to work, 
I, I'm not so sure. But that doesn't happen just because we say that it should happen. It happens because we have a system that makes it happen. Yeah. Well, I think the takeaway is we're at a starting point, but there's still a lot more work to do, period. Just a lot more work to do. And that's why it's a C. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Well, Victor, thanks so much for your insight on this. I appreciate it. Uh, total pleasure. And that is Victor Willis. Let's see if you can get that to a B, no? But again, I, I don't see how you make the changes necessarily until the federal government and the provincial government get this streamlined. It's just like I said, a whole bunch of little Band-Aids, teeny tiny Band-Aids, and they keep falling off. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.